marchers are up too high in the rafters. I got a frog team, new life and attractors. Just sipping that moonshine and I'm plastered. Uh, let's just kick things off. Uh, everyone, welcome back to the Moonlighters Club. Got some new energy in the room. Your friend, I'm Joel Edwards. I uh, just got married recently, so I'm trying to bring a renewed sense of self-purpose to the show. <laughs> I want to get more focused. Uh, I got back to work after a long vacation, and it certified my need to uh, focus on the stuff I have going on on the side. And I have... Uh, uh, too many things going on on the side. So I specifically want to focus on this podcast. Um, it was tough. It sucks. I like to multitask. Um, I, I think it kind of keeps me sane, but I think the only way this will progress the right way is if I focus on this and this is what I'm going to be doing. So, uh, with that said, uh, I want to welcome uh, Lunchback. Can we actually get your full name and all your aliases uh, out right now? Yeah, it's just Lunchbag, man. Um, vintage coding and, uh, you know, rapper producer from the West End of Providence, Rhode Island, and uh, just been doing this thing for a while now, and you know, keeping at it, and uh, slowly but surely starting to see some, some, uh, some payoff, and some, you know, we're just developing this thing. So that's cool, man. I, I appreciate that, and uh, we, we've uh, we actually connected a while ago. We met in person at uh, a former Moonlighter. Well, he's still a Moonlighter, but a former guest, uh, Stefan Goler, our survival yeah. planned an event called Summerfest. And uh, uh, it was it, it was good. Summerfest was dope, man. Uh, it was like half almost raining for a good portion of the day. So everyone was scared. But lunch, I got to see your set, man. And uh, I, I can respect. I, I love when people get lost in a moment. And I feel like a lot of times I go to events like that. Like Summerfest, was, was, it was the first one ever. It's actually a lot of work. But Stefan put on a good show. It was in this industrial park kind of area. And there are times where I see people who are aware of where they're performing. You know, like if it's uh, uh, if it's a lot of people, if it's not a lot of people. But you're one of those people who just, you, once the music goes, you kind of get lost in it. And I can respect that. Like you're you're there to put that message out and put that music out, and 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 you, you just do you're very serious about your craft and you like it. So I can appreciate that um, just from meeting you. Um, so I guess I get started. You grew up in Providence, right? And I got to talk a little bit about your backstory. Uh, let's just say let's just go to uh, your high school days, right? When you were in high school, did you have any kind of idea of what you'd want to do? Uh, with a career for the next when you're 18 for the next let's say 10 years of your life yeah I had ideas I mean I had been around music for a long time uh you know in high school as well you know I, I started interning at a recording studio and um just kind of you know practicing my my chops as a as a producer and as a songwriter um, I started off as sort of in the background, just kind of helping soul singers craft their own songs. So whether it was the production or whether it was um, honing their, their lyrics and, you know, making their lyrics sharper and um, not wasting any measures or wasting any bars. Um, and, you know, I just kind of had that in the back of my mind that I wanted to do this music thing. Um, 
And then, you know, uh, I just kind of kept constant with it and was always just wanting to develop the craft uh, further and wanting to make it more, um, I guess, you know, just solid. You know, I, I always wanted to be solid with my stuff, whatever it was doing. So what what got you into music and specifically hip hop music? Was it an artist? Was it a specific song? What was it about the whole experience that you're like, I want to do this? Well, let's see. What got me into music was just uh, I would I was skipping school every day while I was in middle school. <laughs> uh, my last like year of middle school, I probably went to school, you know, a handful of times. And the rest of the times I was just at home watching TV uh, with the sound off and just playing guitar. Um, that, that was like my first introduction to music for real. Um, and then when I got to high school, I didn't really think I could make music. You know, I just thought, um, it was something that I liked and something that interested me. Um, but then I, I found out there was a recording studio that I could have an internship at. And, um, you know, Terrell Osborne, who was one of my first mentors in this whole thing, he, um, he just always instilled in me the importance of, of practice and um, rehearsal and being professional, being on time. Um, and so I, I always have to, you know, tip my hat to that dude um, for all the assistance that he gave me. Um, and then, you know, when I started developing a taste for music and more specifically a taste for my own music and what I wanted to create as an individual... Um, I started going to a lot of basement uh, punk rock shows and I even was doing drums and vocals in a, a punk band for a while. Um, but the thing was, even having a, a group with a small amount of people in it, we, there was only two members of that band. Even with working with one other person, I just found it to not be moving fast enough for me. I wanted to really bring this thing into fruition early on. And other people weren't as committed as I was, it seemed. And so I needed to, um, I need to go solo on that ass, as Snoop might have said. And, um, <laughs> and right. so that's what I did. You know what I mean? I, I just took it into my own hands. And um, I had started producing at that time. And people were telling me that my beats were too different, like they couldn't rap on them. Um, and so I was like, well, you can't rap on them, but I'll show you how I would. And so I started writing to them. And before I knew it, people wanted to, you know, see me do shows. And um, I would sell tickets to like my little high school friends. And we would pack into the AS220 club near my house. And, um, you know, before I knew it, the thing was kind of creating its own life. And uh, at this point, I don't really, you know, have too many people in the city that don't know me for anything but the music, which is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of like how I started in this whole thing. I started as a songwriter and producer. Then before I knew it, I was kind of writing my own stuff and performing it. So how old how were you when all this is going on? Um, I, I picked up the guitar at like 14. Wow. All right. Yeah. Okay, so this this different for me. I, I kind of didn't have an awakening until I got to 
man, mid 20s, late 20s, right? That's what I knew. I kind of needed to branch off and do something other than what I was doing. So with music in your head, what does that do for like college? You know what I mean? Where you just like, screw this, this ain't for me. Like this, this, this life, this whole get a degree work in a corporate field thing. Since you already kind of had your music chops going, uh, did that conflict? Um, it didn't conflict because I've always been pretty good at uh, time management. I actually went to school and um, and got my got my education, um, but I didn't go to school with the intention of getting funneled into a career path. I wanted to really make something of myself and not have this sort of like funnel major. Um, so I went to school and I studied uh, cultural studies and psychology. And I did have a minor in business administration, but my main focus was wanting to sharpen my skills as just a, a, a civilian, as an individual, as someone who wants to just uh, educate themselves. Because at the end of the day, um, your mind can't be taken away from you. You know what I mean? Your, your mind and your knowledge cannot be repossessed. And I think that the most dangerous person is uh, an individual who's um, able to create their own path in this world. You know, that's, that's the person that becomes the leader, you know, and I've never seen myself as a follower. That's what's up. I, li I like that, man. I like that dangerous person because I feel like those are the same kids uh, growing up and you're probably one of those kids too, who was always asking questions. Uh, yeah, was always, I was always asking yeah. questions. I was always getting on people's nerves. I was always, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Cause you know, uh, when you're young and these questions are coming out of your mouth and people don't know the answers themselves. And, you know, um, it, it's frustrating for some, but, uh, people who know how to harness that energy and, and, you know, shape you into, you know, um, into a progressive individual, you know, those people are, you know, I've had a lot of mentors in my life, so I'm extremely appreciative to them. That's what's up. All right. So with all that going on, uh, you just like everyone else, you have all these ideas. I'm sure you're definitely at some point getting cash in for, uh, your, your venues, but were you working various jobs, uh, while you were doing music, while you're in the punk band and producing and things like that? Hell yeah. I started working when I was like 15 years old at a deli. Um, like I've always had these jobs that I'm very close to the people who are employing me already. Um, and so it's always like kind of, you know, um, you know, family, friends or just, you know, people that end up being, uh, you know, mentors, you know, I don't, I don't really like to take a job unless I can see an, a benefit aside from a paycheck, you know what I mean? And, um, if I can learn something, I, you know, I always try to be extracting something from the experience. Um, but yeah, I've worked a ton of shitty jobs too, though. I mean, I, I worked at, um dog pound like i was working overnight at the dog shelter um i worked at a restaurant for a little while but those places weren't for me you know what i mean like you don't really want me in your kitchen you know i'm not i'm not gonna be the one who's you know um washing dishes or making sandwiches for people like i'm just not good at that sort of thing what i'm good at is kind of um abstract and specialized at this point so I'm just getting in where I fit in, so. I respect that. I respect that. Uh, I didn't learn that till later. Like, early on, all my stuff was about money. Like, I don't want to be here. Let's just make money. So I can, now, 
every job I get is where, how do I get better from this? Right. It's yeah. like how, if I get fired tomorrow, what can I actually take from this experience that I can use to further Joel in any way humanly possible? And it took me a very long time to figure that out because you get in positions where you'll be somewhere for three years and you're not better off for it. It's a trap, bro. It's a trap for real. (laughs) Like you're just paying. People waste their entire life in somebody else's career. Yeah, yeah, and and then you do it. So, what was what do you think was the the shittiest job you ever had? Um, the shittiest job I ever had was probably working in that kitchen. You know, I was just not. I was the food industry was not for me. Um, I entered that place and it was like. It would be so humid in the summertime. I only and I was only there for the summer, um, so that that was not for me. They like okay. So here here's what was wrong with this place, man. I was washing dishes, and um, if you've ever had to manually wash dishes at a restaurant, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> the sink the sink was busted, and so I would have to take the stopper which didn't work. And I would have to put saran wrap underneath it to sort of act as like a, a, a blockage for the food, uh, the food debris that would come off of the dishes. But then the water that I was washing the dishes in would get greasy. And how am I supposed to control these sorts of things? I'd get the boss in my ear coming over to me like, Hey, there's um these, these, uh, these plates are coming out a little uh, slippery or whatever you know, greasy or whatever. I'm like, well, listen, you got to fix the sink. I can't work under these conditions. That's the thing. So, you know, after a summer of doing that and doing uh, construction in the mornings, like I would go from 7 a.m. to 11 o'clock at night um, between two jobs. And I was just like, you know what? I was, I, I collected my check for the summer, you know, put that, put that away, but I was done with it, man. I was like, never again will I work in the food industry. You know, this place is not for me. It's not happening. Aside from that, though, I mean, I've I've always been pretty good at just picking up jobs that, um, you know, are enriching to me and lenient with the schedule in some ways um, yeah. and just working with people that I admire and respect. Um, I need to I need to really respect the people who are higher up. Otherwise, we just have this this conflict of philosophies and I, I, I can't hide it. You know what I mean? I can't hide when I have a distaste for the way that somebody runs their their business or the way that they treat their staff. I, you know, I'm always for the, the equal treatment of people. And, you know, if the, if, if the employer is not up to, up to date on their respect, then I, I can't fuck with them. Hey, and that's funny you say that. That's kind of where I'm at now, man. I was, when I uh, first went to school, uh, I was super, I, I thought I was going to be wall street. Like I thought I was going to be able to just put morals aside for a time being and just like be cutthroat, right? Mm. And you learn how these companies make profits. Like you learn. I never thought it'd be me. Like I remember when I used to not really like, I would know about stuff, like how companies made money and the type of stuff they would do as far as a moral moral standpoint and not think too much about it. And so I saw a documentary on Nike uh, and it was on- On Nike? Yeah. And it was about, I remember I was in school and it was about a, a, a guy, he was a former soccer coach at, I want to say Rutgers. I don't want to get it wrong. And when he went there, he was just curious about like the company because they had just sponsored his team. And it was just the conditions that they, the people were living in, like people making no money, just like living in these like huts and hovels. And 
the the armed guards at the factories and i'm just like dude and it was just sweatshop and it was a while back so i don't know if it changed i don't know like if things like improved or if those things are as prevalent as they are they probably are but that was the first time i'm like i couldn't sit there no matter how much money i'm making like i can't shit on other people like i thought i could be that guy who's just like go out and get it but I'm mm. so aware now of how people are in every place I go to. I need to be somewhere where people are happy, right? I can't, I can't go somewhere where uh, we're doing something at expense of someone else's well-being. So I try to use that in every decision I make moving forward. So I, I understand exactly where you're coming uh, from with that because I've yeah, been. Man, places you got to make sure that the company that you're showing up at is a good fit for you. Yeah. Like so many people will just fake the funk in the interview and they'll just be like, yeah, I, I can totally da 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 and fit the mold. But the thing is, before you know it, you're going to be shifting back to your original self and the company's not going to change. And so if you're not a good fit for the company, you need to get the fuck out because it's just going to eat you alive on the inside. And before you know it, like, what was that guy, uh, the um, uh, Pavlov, who, you know, he did the whole scenario with the dogs and the um you know they would basically like learn helplessness and they would just kind of uh, you know the floor would start shocking them and after a while instead of reacting to the pain they would just kind of take it and um and that's what happens to people too you know you just you suck it up and you go through the motions and before you know it you know three years have passed by and what have you really amounted to besides you know a bank account that ends up balancing out because you're you've amassed all this debt from school and you've uh, you've got credit cards and you've got car payments and you've got bills and you've got uh, Netflix and Hulu and all these things that you've invested into and bought into because you were told you you needed it. And, you know, you got to think for yourself after a while, like, is this the paradigm that I want to be looking through? If it's not if it's not a good fit, then, hey, you got to get out of there, man. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You got to find your way is what it is. I mean, you can't you can't always be on the up and up, but you always have to be progressing, you know? I, I, I yeah, I feel you. I definitely feel you. And now I'm realizing that uh, I cuz I definitely been there where I was in an interview just desperate to get a job, pay bills, and you realize these people need you. Like you'll find yourself doing everything you can to get into a company and you get there and realize it's not much different than the last place you were. <laughs> and these people they're yeah. they're turning people up for glamorous. a reason. <laughs> you know? And yeah. you do have to, it is about that self-care. It's about that community care. That stuff matters. You're right. You'll find yourself in a place where you're, you're not where you want to be. So I, uh, I, I, I want, and I think, let me see, it looks like this may have dropped off, but I'm going to keep talking uh, until it pops on. But uh, what I want to do is, because it sounds like you have a really good, uh, you have a really good uh, grasp of, uh, how you feel about the how you feel about how life is the system quote unquote so now i want to talk about your stuff that you work on your uh, what what are your your ventures that you put your all into outside of that 9 to 5 paradigm because i know you do music but you do other things as well yeah i try to just be involved in projects that i believe in i try to be on board with things that i believe in I try to give of myself in a way that doesn't leave me asked out, but I'm contributing. I'm still contributing to the things that I enjoy seeing. Um, you know, I have a, 
in addition to the music, which is my main hustle, um, in addition to that, um, I have a, a podcast where we discuss a number of things, um, you know, from sexuality to current events and social issues. We had, we just had, um, we had a discussion the other day because, uh, you know, a shooting had occurred in, in the city and we were just kind of riffing on the entire sort of overarching themes that we start to see in these, uh, you know, these patterns that we see in these sorts of, uh, scenarios and come campaign season, how the politicians start to carry themselves and start to coordinate and, uh, you know, reach out to the community. And it seems it's like always when they need a reelection or, you know, something like that. Um, but that, you know, that's a sidebar. Um, but you know, the, the podcast is something that I got into because it was an outlet for me to be expressive in another way outside of just the music. It allowed me to, um, grant people access to my mind, um, and into the world that I, uh, that I live in when I'm not just, you know, rapping on a song that you're hearing. You know, a lot of people knew my music, but maybe not a lot of people knew my opinions on certain topics, certain contemporary topics. Um, in addition to that, I do a semi-frequent um, charity and fundraiser um, called Lunch Runs PVD. And it's basically just meeting up with a group of friends at the park uh, and we just go on a two mile run from there and people have, you know, anybody can participate. Um, people are encouraged to give canned goods or cash donations and all the proceeds go to the Rhode Island community food bank. Um, we, we started up a relationship with them that, um, you know, I, I'm, I really just want to, um, create a legacy, you know, something that stands for itself. Um, if you saw all of it on, uh, on paper, you'd get an understanding of the individual who was behind it. Um, you know, the music, uh, is always my love, my first and foremost, you know, I just recently did a show at the Met in, uh, Pawtucket where we had upwards of a hundred something people throughout the entire course of the event. Um, you know, and, and just traveling for music, always staying current with it, always staying creative with it, you know, uh, that's my hustle, you know, just, uh, staying busy. You know what? I, why are you such a good person? <laughs> like, like, I feel like every, what's your motivation? I feel like everything I hear, uh, and, and you know, it's, it, it's, it, 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 I feel like 99.9% .9 of the people on this podcast that I got a chance to talk to, or even people I haven't got a chance to talk to yet. Um, deep down aside, want good things for others, but I feel like you have an underlying mission with all the stuff that you're doing. Uh, and, and you, I like that leave a legacy, right? So what, 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 what is the motivation on that? Because I feel like everything's a super positive message, man. Like the stuff you do for the community, the stuff that you do on the podcast, the fact that you're talking about specific issues that people may not care about. Like what mm. do you think motivates, you You know what I mean? Like what do you think motivates you to, to care about those things the way you do and not just to care about them, but to do proactive things in support of them? What motivates me um, to do the things that I do. I mean, I just, uh, I'm very sensitive. I see the world around me. Um, I see injustices. I see things that are, uh, affecting people that are maybe less fortunate than me. And, um, I just want to, you know, help to create a world, uh, 
a, a community of empathy and care. And, um, you know, the message really is about positivity and, you know, mental health, physical health, what, uh, the stuff that motivates me, I don't know, just making people happy and, uh, you know, making people feel empowered. You know, I think that so many people don't have it in their mind that they can do something. And so many people don't understand that, you know, you're really the person who's holding you back at the end of it. There's many times that we, we chuck up the control to other people when in reality, it's like, you gotta, you gotta shift your paradigm. You really have to start taking things into your own hands and learning to control what it is that you can't and let go of the things that you cannot. Um, yeah, like that's just, I don't know. It's just me. I guess when you ask like, what, why am I such a good person? I don't know. I, I like, um, I just try to constantly be bettering myself. That's good, man. I, I can really respect it. We need more of it, honestly, especially now. <laughs> Every time no, it's on the TV, that. it's a pretty, I, I don't feel like the world's gotten worse. I, I do think people are caught up in, uh, in themselves at, at times. Like there is a lack of empathy. Uh, I, I do notice and, and a lack of awareness. And I can't, I think it's because people are so wrapped up in being scared and worried about themselves, yeah, you know, absolutely. people are very, people are very shaken up about, um, especially in America, like we're very shaken up given the political climate and then sort of like, it's not that, you know, the administration created this, um, you know, bigoted community of people because it's always existed, but we've got a, a, a president who in some ways is a mouthpiece for those folks who doesn't stand up to them when they create, uh, when they, you know, commit these atrocities. Um, and so people are very freaked out and, you know, defense mechanisms go into play and people start thinking the worst of everybody involved or everybody who, you know, and, you know, it's a very, it's a very, uh, freaked out time in America. So I just try to, maintain a cool and lead by example to the people that, you know, care what I'm doing and just be a positive role model for them. Yeah. So do you, do you work with a team of folks on all, uh, on, on all projects? Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Uh, your team, you know, you're nothing without your team. Um, you can't, you can, you can do a lot of things alone. Um, but if you have, you know, 20 people, working towards that objective with you, um, then, you know, the results just get so much bigger, you know, so much faster. Yeah. Nice. So what's that like? What's, what's, can you describe it? Maybe not a typical day, but let's just say a day where you just got to do some stuff for music, do some stuff for your podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you did mention being at a time management. Uh, uh, what, that's something I personally struggle with. How does that, how do you keep those things organized and, and say if you have multiple things going on in that one day, how do you pocket that out? Um, I have a, a, a whiteboard that I, I make use of um, unless I'm like having a week where I just do the same thing over and over and over again. So like I'll have a weekly sort of update on it. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll have a daily routine that I just implement throughout the week. Like right now, one of my music videos is up for um, nomination for this, uh, this contest. And, um, you know, I've just been waking up early 
getting to people, you know, letting, you know, putting the word out that they need to be voting. Um, and then, you know, I'll handle some, some extracurricular money moves. Um, and then I'll get to the gym, then I'll get out of the gym and I'll hit the social media again with reminding people to vote. Um, and then usually on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I have like really long days where I end up in the studio until like one or 2 AM. Um, and then Thursdays and Fridays, I try to like just work from home for the majority of it and go to sleep at a reasonable hour, like maybe 11 or midnight. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, just having like understanding that it's a give and take with everything. And so you need to invest your time wisely. And if you know that, um, you can only give 45 minutes to this specific project for the day, then how do you maximize the impact of those 45 minutes? You can't, you know, mess around for 30 and expect those next 15 to be super productive. You have to make sure that you're, you know, staying on your job um, because it doesn't happen for you if you're not always applying yourself and staying on the money. Um, yeah, that's the overarching theme for me is just being on your job. That's what's up, man. So with time management, time management, excuse me, being one of your clear uh, uh, strengths, what is your, what do you think is a big area of opportunity where you're like, you know what, if I could fix this or if I can improve this, things are going to really get exponentially better from a personal or, you know, even a professional standpoint or skill. Mm. Area that I could develop and get stronger in. Hmm. I feel like I'm, I could improve on it all, you know, um, it's one of those things where if you're completely satisfied with where you're at with something, many people just fall into this false sense of accomplishment, you know, and, and you've got so much more work to do. I'm 25. So I, I have so much work to do and I have so much uh, progression to, to be made, you know? Um, and so I, I guess, um, I don't know, just staying open to criticism is one thing that I'm constantly like, you know, I, I need to be open to it. I need to understand where it's coming from. Um, I've got people around me that if they tell me like, yo, you need to switch this up immediately, then those, you know, those people I'll take without a doubt. I'll just like drop it and be like, okay, let's, you know, I need, I needed that. Thank you. Um, you know, communication with those people is extremely important. Um, you know, I, I guess just being a, a constant work in progress is important to me. That's what's up. So you've cut, you're only 25. You have tons of things to do out of you. But looking back, what was one moment where you what was one of your proudest moments from podcast, music? The charitable work. Do you have a moment you can focus in on where you're like, yo, this is, I'm doing something. This is, this is big. Like where you even had to stand back in awe of yourself. I'm just blown away when people from other countries or from other states um, reach out and are, are fans of me. You know, I think it's so incredible that the music has really came such a long way in terms of sonics 
in terms of influence and spread. Um, I'm always just taken aback by that. I wouldn't say that I'm in awe of, of myself per se. I know that I know the hard work that I've put in throughout the years. Um, but it, you know, it still always feels so surprising and like such a blessing when people actually are appreciative of it. Even, you know, even a couple of years in of people like actually being fans, like I've, I don't know. It's just amazing to me, you know, um, you know, that, that show at the Met was tremendous. Um, I've slowly gotten, um, you know, developed a team of really talented individuals who, uh, whether they're in music or whether they're in management or videography, these people around me are just, you know, willing and able to give, uh, their time to me and, they seem to understand the vision. Um, that's just always amazing to me, you know, just that this network of people um, is around me uh, and believes in me. That's what's up, man. I like that. So before, before we get going, I'm going to get all your information, but I have to ask you from a musical standpoint, what is your favorite album from any music genre? What's your go-to album? Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. <laughs> yeah, I just listened to that yesterday, man. That's what's up. Yeah, it's a great album. <laughs> That's what's up, man. That, that, that should change my life for sure. When really? I heard that, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You spot, how? how what, what, like, when did you hear it for the first time? How low were you? Mm, damn. Um, the first time I heard that album, I'm trying to think, what was I, what was I doing? Yeah, I don't know. It was a couple of years ago, though. I was I was kind of late to it. Um, I've always been influenced by the Motown sound and those amazingly talented soul singers of that generation, you know, because Marvin had this career that spanned so many. He was almost like Miles Davis in the way that his musical style expanded and changed throughout his career and who he became at the end of his life um, really didn't resemble much of who he was at the beginning of it, um, at least, you know, his musical career. Um, when I heard that album, it was just like, it's a concept album. It's got the live instrumentation. It's got his, his vocals just all throughout that thing are just perfect. Yeah. You know, even if they're not technically perfect, because when you get into the, you know, technicalities of it, auto tune is perfect, but it's not necessarily um, what you want all the time. So when you hear his, uh, his voice just like sit in a mix so perfectly, it's because it's not perfect. You know, um, I, I saw this really amazing session with Questlove, uh, sitting down and going through all the independent, uh, stems of some of those sessions from what's going on. And, yeah, I mean, just the way that they recorded that album, there was at one point they had just a microphone on um, in the room and they just had like a group of people talking like you hear, hey, hey, brrr, like all that shit. Like, oh, man, Muhammad Ali was in on those recording sessions, like recording some stuff. I mean, it's it's just an incredible album. And I, I want to see a documentary about it because it's just such a phenomenal project. Um, that's like. That's my big one, um, kind of blue, 
Miles Davis, nice. um, The Wall. Um, How do we not hang out already? Like, he's the, he's the, uh, the I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I uh, <laughs> probably because I was I was just listening to music. <laughs> you know, I was busy at home listening to music. I don't know. I've got a ton of like vinyl yeah. that um, I've I've collected throughout the years. I'm a huge like Led Zeppelin fan. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we want to get into the rap stuff, like um, Wu Tang Clan's Thirty Six Chambers was hugely influential. Yeah. Erica Badu, um, The Roots, um, Lupe Fiasco's The Cool was another definitive yes. album for me. Yes. Um, Future Sex Love Sounds was a huge album. Um, the Linkin Park Jay-Z album was huge. Um, I mean, there's been so many, like, just, you know, uh, Slipknot was a fucking huge, huge band for me, too. Um that that uh that album subliminal verses and iowa iowa is a great one um you know i just like i've always just tried to be eclectic you know when i started coming into music and coming to understand that there was this world of musicians um it was when uh limewire was a thing and so all i had to do was go onto wikipedia read about my favorite bands find out who their influences were go to wikipedia download those bands, uh, you know, discography, study that, you know, um, and, and just like take it all in and just be a fan of musicianship and craftsmanship and create, uh, you know, creators who, you know, create these records and these, these stories that are just, you know, they're forever. Um, you gotta, you gotta just stand back and I don't know, open your mind to it all. That's what's up, man. And it, 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 it's funny this varied look into uh, how your various tastes in music. You can tell it's, it, it reflects uh, because you just see things from different points of view. Like you see the way people see music from different points of view. Their messages are different, man. Like it really does shape the way you receive information and then put out your own information. And so that's super cool that you have a varied taste. That's why I tell my friends, I'm like, yo, I grew up just listening to rap. But then I got into rock then I, and then we would play jazz when we were kids. And it's like you hear all these stories about how things were recorded in the main created and they're all intertwined. Like it's super interesting. Uh, yeah. But it just helps you just to be a well, uh, well-rounded uh, and well-versed individual. So I was never big on the, the Rolling Stones, but um, I listened to this album by them called Exile on Main Street. Yep. Man, that album's insane. I love just the fact that you can hear the room. Like you can, I'm a huge fan of when you can hear the room through the recordings and you can hear just the atmosphere of that space. And, um, yeah, I, like I said, like I was not a big, I didn't know any of the Rolling Stones, but, um, when I heard that album, I was like immediately a fan. <laughs> I was like, this is insane. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Yeah. I feel like we could have this conversation for hours, bro. I have... I'm a music head, man. That's that. That's yeah. Music is where I go when I'm alone, and so I, I can definitely appreciate your taste with that. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, I I don't I want to be as specific as I can with this question. With all the projects you have, I know you have this award coming up. You just brought up for this music video. What is your next big milestone? It could be for any one of the ventures that you're working on. But what do you have set in sights as a next thing? Your next Big task you want to accomplish? 
I want to go on a tour. I want to go on um, several city tour, um, preferably like dates back to back to back, you know, maybe like one or two days off throughout the course of the thing. Um, even if it's just a six or seven day ordeal, um, I just want to get that under my belt. Um, because I, I think that I'd be cut out for it and it would, you know, I've always had the experience that when I've gotten in front of people, um, with my music, uh, that's when I've gained the most fans, uh, when people see me, see me do my thing. Um, and when I travel for music, like I've always just reaped the benefits of, of, you know, just live performance. Um, so that, that's my next goal. Um, I've got some things in the works to sort of set that into motion. Um, but I really want to, I really want to buckle down and get somebody on my team who has had experience in booking tours and could help me out with that because it would be, uh, it would be such a blessing, man. Nice. That's good to hear, man. I know you'll get it done. And if there's anything I could do to help, uh, let me know. I'd love to. Absolutely, man. Thank you. So with that said, where, until we get that tour going, where can people find you? Where can they find the podcast, uh, your your music? uh, Where are you at on social? I love that information. Yeah. So um, easy enough. If you want to hear what I sound like on a beat, you can go to lunchbag.com. And that's one word, obviously, two G's. So lunchbag, L-U-N-C-H-B-A-G-G.com. Um, and then I'm lunchbag, one word, two G's on all social media. No matter what you, no matter what your social media is, you can find me on there as lunchbag. Um, and, uh, you know, just stay, stay up to date because this thing is picking up steam. And I'm really excited for all the things that uh, my, me and my entire team are working on. And, uh, you know, I'm super grateful of these opportunities like this one where I get to talk to people like yourself that have their own things going on and, you know, want to talk to me. That's what's up. Well, I, I appreciate your time. This is cool, man. We had a, we're, this is, I feel like we just scratched the surface. I mean, we only talked for 40 minutes. There's a ton of things we could talk about. Uh, yeah, and I, I definitely would want to do this in the future, man, especially as things start to progress. Uh, I, I, Absolutely. You're already on your way. So I, I, I want to see this turn out. Uh, the best that it possibly can. So uh, I'm super happy, man. I'm super happy for your your journey. And, uh, and I see you doing big things. Well, man, that's that's the goal, you know, do it big. All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, to everyone who is listening, again, please uh, uh, search out Lunchback, listen to the music, listen to the podcast. Uh, stay tuned for the tour. And if you want to uh, see more interviews, Moonlighters Club are on iTunes, Google Play, uh, pretty much all of the famous, uh, the basic uh, primary podcast stations. And we also have a website, moonlightersclub.com. We put up bios of all our interviewees, pictures, photos, information about their ventures, things like that, which we will continuously update. So uh, thank you for listening. Lunch, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Joe. And everyone will be talking to you soon. Have a good one.